but the first thing they have to do is do the calculations to determine if you have the adequate capacity. If you don't, you have some alternatives. You can increase the capacity at your panel, you know, which is a little bit more expensive upgrade. It will, of course, increase the value of your home. Uh, vehicles are the number two problem as far as greenhouse gases in the city of St. Louis. The number one problem is our buildings. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. This month, St. Louis Mayor Lyda Krusen signed into law a package of bills paving the way for more electric vehicles in the city. The legislation is designed to expand electric vehicle charging infrastructure across St. Louis. Beginning next year, new construction in the city must be electric vehicle ready. By 2024, that's also the case for houses being rehabbed. And the city's electricians are ready. It was 10 years ago that the National Electrical Contractors Association came together with the International Brotherhood of Electric Workers, better known as the IBEW, to lay the groundwork for the infrastructure needed to support electric vehicles. Their Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Training Program provides training and certification for electricians installing electric vehicle supply equipment. Staffers with the program also help develop the part of the National Electric Code that covers charging stations. And joining us today to tell us all about that is Linda Little. She's the Assistant Director of the Electrical Industry Training Center. So Linda, welcome. Thank you. So your training center developed this electric vehicle infrastructure training program 10 years ago, and it seems like for many of us, electric cars didn't feel like a big thing at that point. What, what put this on the training center's radar? Well, 10 years ago, there were a lot of discussions on trying to come up with uniform configurations so that no matter what vehicle you decided to purchase, you would still be able to plug in and charge. So that was where the initiative kind of started. So were you ahead of the curve in uh, working on this here in St. Louis? Yes, we were. We were trying to come up with something up front so that as things move forward, we were we would be ready to go and that we could keep up with any changes in the National Electrical Code. So for this National Electric Code and, and uh, the parts of this that deal with this, uh, some of these were written and developed right here in St. Louis? Correct. There is uh, on the National Electrical Code panels are made up of multiple entities and partners at our training center participate in a couple of those code panels that work on keeping those uh, vehicle electric vehicle requirements up to date. Hmm. So you say keeping them up to date. Is this something where you have to change them frequently? They get changed every three years. Okay. And uh, and in in three years' time, a huge amount of changes have been made in electric vehicles. If you've seen the upcoming vehicles that are going to be produced in by the year 2025, there are a lot more electric vehicles in the works right now than what we currently have today. Hmm. So the goal here is to standardize these, and yet I understand Teslas aren't compatible with these without an adapter. What happened there? Did they just go rogue? 
No, they decided to use the DC charging. So the Tesla goes straight from, uses direct current, and which is what batteries, of course, use, direct mm-hmm. current. Uh, most of the other manufacturers use an AC charging, which is what most people have available in their home. So the difference is that without having to convert from the AC to the DC for the battery, there's a little bit of uh, energy that is not being used in the transition, so it's a little bit of energy savings, but also by going straight DC to DC, they can charge faster. Hmm. So was there initially an effort to get them on the same page, or was it always clear this is just a differently designed vehicle? There were discussions on trying to make it uniform, but Tesla decided that the way they had in mind would be preferable for their vehicles. Huh. That's so interesting. Now, you told our producer that the new requirements that the mayor signed, um, that these are going to provide high-paying jobs for people here in our city. How so? Exactly, because uh, certified electricians will be doing these installations. It's not just as easy as having a receptacle to plug into. The charging requirements for electrical vehicle are significant, so it has to be a dedicated circuit. And in a lot of existing infrastructure, the capacity is just not there. So certified electricians have the knowledge and skills to be able to determine if you need to increase your capacity before making an installation of this type. So is this going to add a lot to the cost of construction here in the city? The studies show that it is 75% cheaper to do it at new installation than it is to come back later and try to make the install. Hmm. So in the long run, it's going to be a savings because if you look at the cars being developed for the years 2025 and so forth, they're going to more and more electric vehicles. Right now, people are afraid to buy them because of range anxiety. But as this infrastructure is built up, it's going to be available. And the price of cars is expected to be the same as gasoline-fueled cars by that time. And the benefits to the environment, and not to mention the benefits of not having to swing by the gas station very often. Mm -hmm. You mentioned range anxiety. I understand you yourself drive an electric car. For people who aren't in that world. Uh, What does that mean? That means if I go to take my family on a trip, I'm not sure that I'm going to find a charging station 100 miles from here. I know I can find a gas station, but I don't know if that gas station will have a place for me to pull over and charge. Hmm. How big is that? How big of an issue is that right now? I mean, do you worry about that yourself when you're out on the roads? Well, I did worry about it because I only have one vehicle. So if I decide to take my family on a vacation, I have to use that vehicle. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is a real concern. If you're just commuting through the city or in places, you know, local, it isn't as much of a concern. Or for families that have a second vehicle, they can get a tremendous amount of savings using the electric vehicle for their in-town commutes, and then they have the alternate vehicle for the longer distances. Mm-hmm. So with the mayor mandating that um, construction has to contain these going forward, how is that going to begin to change that paradigm? Will it be easier for people to make the electric car their primary? It will be a lot easier. If you know, for example, that when you get to work, there's a place you can plug in and charge your car, you might not worry that you don't have enough electricity to get back home. Mm-hmm. Or you might not worry that yeah, how long it's going to take because you're at work for several hours anyway. Mm-hmm. 
So St. Louis is doing this. You mentioned that previously, you, you know, you might be fine in the city because you knew where you could dock. You're familiar with, with where these stations are. But the real test goes when you get out on the road. Are other cities taking similar initiatives to what the mayor's doing here? Well, the, uh, there are other cities, uh, but St. Louis is really one of only four cities who have really set this ambitious target to have zero or to have 100 percent reduction in greenhouse gases by the year 2050. Hmm. So we're kind of innovators in that regard. But other cities are doing this, especially when you get to the coastal cities. There's a lot more initiative there. Uh, and the, and there are a lot more people that are willing to uh, buy electric car because they firsthand see the impacts of the environment. Uh, you just saw in the news this week the things that are happening in the coastal areas like Texas. I think people on the coast are more familiar with the extreme weather because they see the hurricanes and the different type of storms. I mean, here we saw the snow, but it's not that huge. I mean, it maybe mm-hmm. has been a while since we've seen this kind of snow, but we're still familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Well, so with more cities signing on for this sort of thing and just a, a greater interest in electric vehicles in general, does that create more opportunity for people who are coming out of this training program that you work with? We certainly hope so. Uh, we're hoping that it means there are going to be a lot more jobs, not only for new construction, which may already be on the books anyway. But as the charging stations become more available, people aren't going to be able to just go out and build a new home so they can get a charging station. But what they're going to do is try to upgrade or modify, you know, the home that they do have to try to make those provisions so that an electric vehicle is more practical. Mm -hmm. So for people who are dealing with an existing home or they're just doing a, a rehab on an older home, how is it? How hard is it to add these charging stations? It is not hard at all if you have adequate capacity in your panel. It's a, it is, uh, you can get an electrician to come and run the conduit mm-hmm. and install the wiring that's necessary. But the first thing they have to do is do the calculations to determine if you have the adequate capacity. If you have the adequate capacity, it is not that difficult of an installation. And if you don't, or are you kind of stuck then? If you don't, you have some alternatives. You can increase the capacity at your panel, you know, which is a little bit more expensive upgrade. It will, of course, increase the value of your home. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the options. The other option that anybody can use is when you buy an electric vehicle, it comes with uh, charging equipment. And <laughs> that charging equipment is can be used in anybody's home right now. It's just that it is what is called a level one charger, meaning it plugs into a 120 volt receptacle. And that also means it's going to take all night to charge your car. Okay. So you can't just get the quick charge, stop home, charge it for half an hour, you're ready to go again. Correct. The quick charge is what most people want. And that's where the upgrade would come into play. So you could get by with the electric vehicle and not having the quick charge. But at some point, you might decide you want to have the quick charge. And then that's where the electrician can come in and do the upgrades. Hmm. It's interesting. You referenced earlier uh, St. Louis has set this goal as a city to reduce greenhouse gases by 100 percent. And this is by the year 2050, which seems like it's coming uh, very alarmingly soon. We're going to be at the year 2050. Do you see us being on track for this at this point? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Uh, 
there's other legislation that was signed by the mayor that is making a huge impact. Uh, vehicles are the number two problem as far as greenhouse gases in the city of St. Louis. The number one problem is our buildings. We have a lot of really old buildings, and they're not necessarily all that efficient. So the mayor has appointed a building energy improvement board to come up with solutions so that we can do some of this greenhouse gas emissions through buildings. There are multiple ways that our economy is going to have to address greenhouse gases and efficiency of buildings and using electric vehicles and having clean electricity, carbon recapture. Those are just some of the ideas. And we're going to have to use all of those ideas to make this happen. Hmm. So one last question for you, for those who might be thinking about going all in on an electric vehicle, um, you know, you're somebody who's doing this. Has this been a good investment for you? Oh, it's wonderful. I really like the fact that I rarely have to get gas. I only have to get my oil changed once a year. <laughs> I have had no maintenance issues whatsoever. Uh, the biggest deterrent, I would say, is that my son doesn't like it because he can't hear it. It's very quiet. Uh, it's, it's actually very nice. And plus, with all the batteries, it gets around really good in the snow. Hmm. So, yeah, that's quite a, a testimonial. I feel like maybe people are paying more attention to that all-important snow issue after what we dealt with <laughs> last week. And Linda, how long have you had your electric vehicle at this point? I've had my electric vehicle for several years, I think about three years now. Okay. Well, there's a testimonial. Well, Linda Little, uh, Assistant Director of the Electrical Industry Training Center, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing that experience. Well, thank you for having me. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.